everyone. Welcome back to our Golden Twenties. Today we have another special episode where we have a guest joining us. So we wanted to welcome Vanessa. Vanessa is a chartered professional accountant and the founder of Mintworthy, a personal finance company created to empower women on their personal finances and lead them to a life of financial freedom. Vanessa makes finance education fun and relatable while also helping clients cultivate a positive relationship with money. She's joining us on the podcast today to discuss positive habits and strategies to help get you started on your financial goals. So thank you, Vanessa, so much for joining us today on our Golden Twenties podcast. Do you mind by starting uh, by telling our listeners a little bit about you and your journey to becoming a money coach? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So my journey (laughs) pretty much started like most people. Like I didn't know how money worked. I had no idea what to do with my finances. And so when I started my career as an accountant, a chartered professional accountant, I thought I was making good money. And with that mindset, I made silly money decisions. Mm -hmm. So I spent my money. I moved to a condo I could barely afford, racked up a lot of debt. It was probably about a year and a half into my career. And I was like, this is not the life that I expected. Mm And that's when things changed for me. And luckily I had a mentor and she's the one who literally tricked me to coming to her house and then asked me casually, do you have a budget? I was like, what? That's not in my vocabulary. (laughs) That's not the something that I have. But it was that night that she set me down and walked me through how to create a budget. And that's what changed everything for me. And that's when I finally felt like I was in financial control. And it sparked this whole wave of like really being deep into understanding personal finances, into where my money was going and what I was doing, but not just learning what to do, but also making those hard decisions. So like I moved Mm -hmm. out of the condo, I moved into a basement apartment so I could save money so I could get out of debt. And then eventually, you know, saved up money, bought my first investment property and just continued my journey, but I was so passionate about it that I was just telling everyone, you need to have a budget, you need to do this, you need, like, you know how it goes. But what I was realizing in that was that so many women in my circle were just as confused, were just as lost, ashamed about Mm -hmm. their finances and really ashamed because they didn't know what to do. And so it started off as just like this passion project where I was helping my, my friends (laughs) helping them Mm -hmm. do better with their money, but realize that this is what I felt super passionate about. And this is what I felt called to do. And so my career was growing. I was doing this on the side, but came to that realization that the career is great, but I have to do what my heart's calling me to. And so I left my corporate job, started my company, Mintworthy. And really when I started, the whole focus was more on, I'd say the money piece, And really like creating the financial plans, the financial strategies, budgeting, investing, saving, all of that. But as I was working with more and more clients, that's when I realized that their mindset needed an adjustment as well. Mm. 
And that's what really caused me to go into this whole mindset world and understand my own money story and my own money blocks and really learning and understanding that the way we see money, the way we relate to money has so much more to do with how we then show up with our finances. It's all in our mindset that determines whether we spend or we save, whether we make that decision or we don't. And so literally it's all through this journey that has transpired to allow me to come into what I do right now and really has allowed me to really focus on both the mindset aspect and the money aspect, which I truly believe have to go hand in hand. You Mm -hmm. can't just have one. And when you focus on one, you'll never have full financial freedom and full financial success. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think the idea of like having a relationship with money is something I never thought about. A few years ago, though, I read a book called You're a Badass at Making Money. Yeah. Is this? Okay. Do you know this one? Okay. And (laughs) the whole book, I was like, wow, like it was so comforting to read because like I would talk to my sisters and my parents about money And it just always felt like money was a bad thing. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of how my family has always looked at money as I was growing up. And it kind of transpired when I was living on my own, had my own expenses, my own income. But all of a sudden, I was kind of viewing money as a really good thing and like a really rewarding thing. So I couldn't relate to the people in my circle when I was talking about money. Then when I read this book, I was like, hey, I think it's like, a totally different mindset we have towards money, you know, and like how we value money and having that relationship with it. And now it's like something you can just kind of, I don't know, keep rolling with kind of thing. And you can make your money work for you just all in the way that you view it. So I love that so much and can definitely understand the mindset side to it. And I think it's something a lot of people overlook. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So what would you say... Do you have like some tips or like advice for people to create that positive relationship with money? Like where can they start or what kind of self like reflection can they do to see where they're at right now? Yeah, that's a great question. You first have to get real with how you feel about money. And it's really as simple as that. And like what you were saying, like, you know, with your family feeling that money's bad and, and all of that, it's really getting clear with, how do I feel, but also understanding how not just your family, but like your, your friends, your, whether mm-hmm. it's your partner, understanding the relationships around you too, and how those people view money, because nine times out of 10, their views have impacted your views, mm, totally. but you just have to get real. Okay. How do I really feel? Am I scared that I will never have enough money? Am I afraid that I'll lose my job and I'm constantly worried about paying bills or do I really feel that money is here for me and that it'll flow to me you just have to ask yourself like how do I really feel when it comes to money and roll with that whatever comes up honor it but then go Mm -hmm. deeper and ask yourself why am I feeling this way what situations in the past or things that I've heard or experienced that I experiences that I've had in the past are causing these feelings and beliefs about money. And when you can identify that, you can come to this conclusion of, okay, well, was that my truth or am I holding Mm -hmm. someone else's truth? But what is the new truth that I wish to hold? And it's connecting to that new truth that allows you to shift your relationship with money, allows you to almost kind of see it as you being in like this energetic alignment with money as well. Wow, awesome. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
So a lot, like 99% of our listeners are in their 20s because we're called our golden 20s. Um, so I was wondering if you could share maybe some of like the top things that people in their 20s should be doing as far as like money wise, any sort of advice that way, because I feel like it's a big transition period for a lot of people, especially yeah. financially. Yeah, totally. First things first, connect to your goals. You know, I remember my 20s, I was like, oh, I've got so much time. I've got time in my hands. We'll figure that out later. You have time, but you don't really have time. Mm -hmm. And by the time you turn 30, you're going to look back and be like, shoot, I spent so much money. I wasted so much money. I could have saved. I could have invested. So Mm -hmm. I would tell anyone who's in their 20s, like really connect to what your future goals are. And you don't Mm -hmm. have to know them all. It could just be one thing that you say to yourself, oh man, if I could own a property or if I could save $100,000, if I could travel all year because you need money to do that, what's Mm -hmm. that one goal? And make that a priority where you put your time, attention, money towards. Because when you don't have these concrete goals, you go throughout your 20s with your money going everywhere but nowhere. And you have to have a plan. So that's number one. Figure out one goal that you want to work towards and work towards it now. But number two is learn how to manage your money. So learn Mm -hmm. how to create a budget. Learn how to tell your money where to go as opposed to your money going everywhere but nowhere. But the basics of managing your money have to be learned in your 20s because it's going to be so much easier when you get to your 30s, your 40s, your 50s when you're making all of that money. If you don't know how to manage the small amounts, you will never be able to manage the big amounts. So kind of look at your 20s as this training ground for your like ability to create the wealth and abundance that you desire in the future. And so it's not Mm. the years to waste away and and have fun and, you know, (laughs) live your best life. You can do that, but you need the balance to make sure that what you're doing in your 20s is going to set you up for that freedom and that lifestyle that you want in your future. So definitely creating the budget, definitely starting to save, invest, even if you start small, you know, you don't have to go crazy. Mm -hmm. You could put a couple of hundred dollars a month away every month, but start saving, start investing, start building something for your long-term and then spend the rest of your money, but have a plan for some portion of your money as opposed to like waiting to the future because the future will be too late. One hundred percent. It's one of those things where it's never too early to start investing and saving, but it can become too late. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so true. Yeah, yeah. And we talk so much about goal setting on the podcast. Usually we sit down every month and set goals together and encourage our listeners to do the same. And I don't know for me personally, if I've ever thought about just my money specific goals, you know, like, or even how much it'll cost for the goals that I do set for myself. Like travel is a good one where that's something I love to do, but I'm never like, okay, well, that's going to cost me this much, you know? So I think this is such a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. It's so true. Like what you just said though, put a dollar amount. Like just yeah. list your goals and say, okay, these are my goals. What are the dollars? Like mm-hmm. that is such a great place to start because when you see the numbers, that also shifts your mindset. 
because like yeah. you're saying right now, like the goal is to travel, but when we don't have the dollar amount next to it, it's so easy to do everything else mm-hmm. or it's yeah. so easy to put our money towards everything else. But when you see the dollar amounts, it totally shifts your mindset into, okay, this is what I'm working towards. And now mm-hmm. I'm going to spend this hundred dollars. Mm, no, actually I'm going to put it towards my vacation fund. And you exactly. make those, those more, I'd say responsible decisions that align with your goals. 100%. And it also holds you accountable. Like when you know yeah. what you're actually working towards, you're actually likely to achieve it, you know? So yeah. I always think of that more so in a time frame. but this is also just that added layer of, okay, you know, it's also like you're saying that dollar amount as well. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Would you say it's kind of a similar technique as far as like student loans go, like kind of creating that as a goal? and then trying to make the responsible decision that way. Yeah, totally agree with student loans. So the thing with student loans, my personal advice is we got to take out this whole like negative energy and negative vibe we have around it. Like I, yeah. it, it bothers me because yeah. everyone's yeah. I have student loans, I have student loans, and we make it to be this big negative thing. But when you shift your mindset around it, you also shift your energy around it. And then it no longer becomes something that's taking up your energetic space and blocking you from abundance because that student loan allowed you to get the job you're in right now, the career you're in right now, which is bringing you the financial abundance. So you can't be excited and grateful for your job and your income, but then express negative energy towards the thing that got you there. Yeah. So we have to shift that part, number one, and stop having such a negative like stigma around student loans and appreciate them for what they did. They allowed mm-hmm. you to get this career that allows you to have the income that you have, number one. Number two, the interest rate on them is not that big. So we don't need to be huffing and puffing about them. It's mm-hmm. way less than the credit card interest rate. Right. So my advice with that is just stick to whatever it is that, you know, whatever your monthly amount is, just keep paying it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. It will eventually come to zero. And because mm-hmm. the interest rate isn't that big, I wouldn't stress too much about focusing on, you know, paying this down as soon as possible versus saving and investing. Because let's say right. like your goal is to buy a property. I would make sure you have the down payment to buy the property because that property is going to appreciate way faster than the little bit of interest on your student loans. And know that the loans will eventually go. It's just a matter of time. (laughs) And, And I see this sometimes where people, you know, the government sometimes will allow you to like, you know, not, especially during COVID, like not pay for a couple of months or, you know, give you the, the grace period. My advice there is if you have the money, just put the money towards the loan and just get it done. Mm-hmm. If it's going to yeah. cause you headache and if it's going to cause you stress, don't take the relief and all that. If it's really going to mm-hmm. cause you stress, just focus on getting out, getting it out and done as mm-hmm. soon as possible. But definitely release this negative energy we have towards it. Yeah, I think that's such such good advice. And this isn't on the questions that we sent to you, so sorry <laughs> if this catches you off guard. <laughs> but the way you're talking about student debts make it sound like it's a good debt, right? Because it's like a good investment in your career and your education. So what would be some other examples of like positive debt people could have in their life? Yeah, great, great question. So yeah, student loans are a good debt. Another good debt is a mortgage. 
So any debt that basically allows you to have an appreciating asset, an asset that's going to grow okay. or give you money and income, which your job is going to grow and give you money and income. So a student loan right. is, is a good debt. A mortgage is a good debt because that property will appreciate. If you're investing in a business and you know it's going to be a viable business, it's going to make you tons of money, that's a good debt. So mm -hmm. anything where you're investing in something that's going to give you a bigger return is a good debt. Mm -hmm. Bad debt is our credit cards, mm -hmm. all the consumer yeah. type debts, our line of credit. <laughs> we don't get anything back from that. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so that's where you want to like, that's a great point that you raised that is shifting the mindset around the types of debt because not all mm -hmm. debt is bad. And we mm -hmm. actually need debt to build wealth. Like not everyone can go buy a pretty much not many people can go buy a property with cash. Mm -hmm. yeah. so we need a mortgage, which builds yeah. real estate wealth. So debt is not always bad. And it's shifting our mindset around that. Mm, that's 100%. such a good reminder. I feel like maybe Sadie and I are, we're, we're both, I think, pretty good at saving money. But as far as spending money, I feel like we're on opposite sides of the spectrum where to me, 100%. like debt, in my mind, is bad, no matter what, which I know, logically, <laughs> does not make any sense. But that is what I'm trying to get past and trying to teach myself that it's okay to spend money, if you have the money, especially. But I feel like it's yeah. hard to kind of like get past the mindset of just save, just save, just save, especially like coming out of school, where like I didn't have a lot of spending money. Now I do, you know, it's definitely, I think, a mind like set shift more than a mm -hmm. like financial situation shift at this point in my life, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. It's true. Yeah. And especially cause like, and you're right. It's such a, like this transitional time. Mm -hmm. But what I always say about that is, you know, it's always okay to spend. And you said it, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you've got the money, it's okay to spend. It's totally mm -hmm. fine. And it's creating the financial balance. So that's what it really is. Right. It's finding that balance based on your goals, based on your dreams, based on the money you have and finding the balance that's right for you because the balance for you will always be different from the balance for the, will always be different from the balance for someone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think Tegan, that's such a good point is like we represent two ends of the spectrum. Like Tegan's <laughs> looking for the balance to like allow herself to spend money. And I'm looking for the balance to reel myself back because sometimes <laughs> I spend too much money. <laughs> so yeah, this is definitely good for both of us. Yeah. And something else you were saying that made me think like I, when I finished paying off my student loans, I remember thinking of it as, wow, now I have, like this much extra money a month kind of thing. And like, now I can shop more. And I went through that for like, mm -hmm. I feel like a couple years even. And it was like fueling this like shopping addiction where just last year, actually, I started like taking my savings seriously because I was like, this is not extra money. Like, who are you kidding? You know, like invest <laughs> this in an RRSP. So I opened one and like, make larger contributions to like your savings accounts every time you get a promotion because yes. you don't have like extra money ever. Like, you know what I mean? And it is finding this balance and shifting as you kind of move through these life like phases, I guess, and like life changes as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, I think you just nailed such a huge point where we always feel like, 
when we get more money, we think that means we have to upgrade our lifestyle. Right. Yes. And that's not what it means. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> but one of the things I always tell my clients, to your point of, you know, the student loan is done. One thing I always say is if a big expense, like a student loan, a car loan, once that finishes, pretend as if it's still there and always mm-hmm. bank that money. Exactly. Because you've, you've been so used to always spending yes. it. And now you just take that same habit and shift it to, okay, I'm not putting it to OSAP right now. I'm putting it to myself. Yeah. yeah and I'm building exactly. my own bank account, which is yeah. one of the easiest things to do because you've missed that money this whole time. Exactly. And so just put it towards your savings and investments. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. For me, what really helped me with my student loan like repayment was just those automatic transfers to like the, you know, OSAP account. I think I did it weekly, but it could be monthly. And then exactly like you said, Vanessa, it was just like, okay, now let's just reach or like, let's just change that destination of where that money's going, you know? And I right. feel like I told you it took me like a few years to figure that out, but eventually I figured it out and hopefully our listeners can take something from that as well. (laughs) Learn from my faults. (laughs) Yeah. What sort of tips would you have for people who are like starting on their finance journey and looking to, you know, set up a budget? Like where would someone Mm -hmm. even start with that? Yeah. Great question. The easiest way to start a budget is what I'd say is go back three months. Now you can go six months, but let's just, let's make it quick and easy. So go back three months, pull your bank statements or pull them up online, export them to an Excel sheet. If you love Excel like me and just (laughs) go through your last three months and literally just categorize your spending. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how much did I spend over the last three months in total on groceries? How much should I spend in total on entertainment, on eating out, on, you know, hydro, cell phone, whatever it is. So put your spending for the last three months into buckets. And that's going to tell you how much you've spent in total in those buckets. And then divide that by three. And that's going to tell you your average spend in each of those buckets. And then that becomes the basis for creating your budget. So then you can look at those numbers and say, okay, well, I spent $500 a month in shopping. Is that how I want to continue to spend? Do I want to shift Mm -hmm. that? Do I want to decrease it? And so you literally go line by line, look at your past spending as the basis, and then create your budget of how you want to spend going forward. That is the quick and easiest Mm -hmm. way. It doesn't take a lot of time. I promise like two to three hours and your budget is set. But it's so powerful in seeing where your money has gone because it's going to totally shift your mindset around where you're spending and how you want to spend going forward. Right. Totally. I remember the first budget I ever like created for myself. It was just because I knew people had budgets and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to create one for myself too. But I took a totally different approach where it wasn't realistic and like, easy for me to stick to it because I didn't look at what I was actually spending. So Mm -hmm. it was more so this is how much I make. So I started with that. And then I listed out, you know, approximately how much I want to spend on all these different categories where that was not realistic for me because obviously 
it was kind of just like pulling numbers out of thin air rather and like breaking down my income rather than being like, okay, no, let's, like you said, get real with your lifestyle and have that self-reflection onto, you know, where are you actually putting that money? So I think this approach is obviously way stronger and it just makes it like something you can actually stick to because yeah. like you said, it's not that you need to give up shopping. It's just, you need to have the self-awareness of how much money are you actually shopping with? And is that aligned to your goals? Yeah, totally agree. So you've also talked, well, we've also talked about savings and, you know, investing in your future self as well. So do you have any like tips on where people can start for saving for their future and saving for those goals? Yeah, for sure. I would say you always want to first leverage, especially for your shorter term savings, leverage a TFSA. So tax-free savings account if you okay. don't have one. Because who's one who wants to pay tax? Someone <laughs> wants to pay tax, right? <laughs> so with your TFSA, your money will grow tax-free. You can withdraw your money tax-free. And a lot of people don't leverage their TFSAs to the max. Mm-hmm. So I would totally suggest if you're looking just to start saving or investing, make sure you're leveraging a TFSA account. You can have investments in your TFSA. You can have more than one TFSA. So make sure you're leveraging the room you have in there first for all of your savings goals. All of that. Max that out first before you start throwing your money in the market and then have to pay tax and all that jazz or just throw your money in a savings account and still have to pay tax. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that is my biggest advice because I feel like people don't leverage the TFSA to the max. And you're literally throwing money away. We don't want to throw our money away to taxes. (laughs) So definitely I'd say that. And I always like to have multiple accounts. Like I know I'm a little crazy, but (laughs) I just prefer to segregate some of my goals and have them in separate accounts Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that way I can see where each goal is at. And then it Mm -hmm. reduces that risk of me taking from one goal at the expense of another. So let's say you do have this big goal of buying a property or traveling, like have those big goals in their separate account. Cause then you're actually going to see mm-hmm. how much you're actually you know, working towards them. It's going to shift your mindset. It's going to shift your motivation. So that's another like kind of mindset trick I would say as well is have separate accounts for your bigger goals to make it easier for you to move towards them. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So what sort of, mistakes do you see most like of people in their 20s making money wise definitely living for today Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. not making those plans for tomorrow I think that's one of the biggest things I've seen and and going back to that mindset trap of I have the time right that I would say is the biggest thing I I see for sure and it's almost just like leaving so much money on the table like not putting your money to use because there's a concept called the power of time. And we all know like, time is precious. The minute that just passed, we can't get it back. And so mm-hmm. every month, every year that passes in your twenties, you can't get that back. And it's really focusing on capitalizing on the youth <laughs> that yeah. we have to yeah. then fund our future because mm-hmm. The more you save right now, the faster your money's going to grow, right? Compound interest Mm -hmm. and all that crazy jazz, the faster your money's going to grow. So you can live your best life and retire at 50 if you wanted to, 
if you just made a plan right now. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is really just create a plan, create the budget so that you you are telling your money where to go. That's what a budget is. The budget's not mm-hmm. restricting your spending. It's you telling your money, where is it going? Okay, it's going to these yeah. expenses. It's going to these savings goals. It's going to my student debts and whatever other debts. It's you directing your money. So learning how to do that now, like I said before, so that as your money grows, you already have the system. You already have the habit. You already have the structure. So as your money grows, you're just reallocating it as opposed to being like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? And not Mm -hmm. having that financial responsibility already set up. Right, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I feel like part of it is just having like the awareness of, your money because I feel like a lot of people are fearful of like around money and like lots of people don't want to look at their accounts because they're just like if Mm -hmm. I don't know how much is in there I don't have to worry about it or just like Mm -hmm. as something as simple as checking how much money you have and checking how you spend it can make like a world of difference Mm -hmm. totally agree I have my clients do that sometimes yeah every day just open your account yeah See Mm -hmm. how much you have, like get connected to your dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's really like you just taking control of it, you know, and we talk a lot on the podcast about showing up for your future self. We've talked with fitness guests, like the (laughs) same theme of just showing up for your future self, putting in the work now so your future self can just enjoy the benefits of you know, working out or investing now, whatever it is. And I feel like money is something that can so easily kind of dominate us where everything you just said, I was like, wow, while you're talking, I was like, basically, we just need to take control of that situation and make sure money's working for us. And we're telling it where to go rather than, you know, letting it affect our mood and like making it feel making us feel limited in any way. So Mm -hmm. that is such a good mindset shift and just like awareness, like you were saying too, Tag. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. One other question I had for you, we've talked a lot about balance. So, you know, you've said you don't need to give up, you know, on your website, I think you have like, you don't need to give up those Starbucks drinks like (laughs) as much, like you can still enjoy today while still saving for the future. Just, I'm wondering if you have any tips on how to like keep that balance, I guess. Yeah, the balance comes with clarity Mm. and it's clarity on what are you putting your money towards? So going back to when we were talking about the goals, Mm. yeah, clarity on the goals, because once you've set those goals, so let's say it was, you know, travel vacation. Let's say you put that dollar amount, that price tag on it and you know, okay, I want to travel next year and it's going to, cost me 250 a month to save every month from now to next year to get there. Once you've got that clarity and you know what those dollar amounts are for the things that you want, everything else is free game. Okay. Because as long as you put right. that 250 away, who cares what you do with everything else? Because you've already right. made a plan for what's important. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have to, I mean, if you want to save every penny, you're more than welcome to, but then you're not really having balance. You're not enjoying the now. Mm -hmm. So I always say you start with those goals. What's really important to you. You put the dollars towards them and then everything else is fair game. Obviously a portion of that has to go to like 
you know, actual living expenses. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then whatever's left, you spend that however you want. Mm. However, yeah. so you could have five Starbucks drinks a day if that's what the cash <laughs> that you have. If your big goals are taken care of, mm. this is where mm -hmm. we have to release that mindset trap that, you know, I can't enjoy, that I really have to allocate every dollar to a savings goal. If you just mm -hmm. have that one goal and you've allocated those dollars, spend how you want to spend. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. life is meant to be enjoyed. It's not meant to be restricted. One of the things that like I personally do is I have a life enjoyment account and I don't mm -hmm. know what the money's for, but every yeah. month I set a certain amount into the savings account. It's automatic transfer. And it's literally for me to just enjoy life each year. I love so if that. something pops yeah. up, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do that. I want to buy this. The money's there. And mm -hmm. I just use it guilt-free because <laughs> yeah. all of my other savings goals are taken care of. This is guilt-free money for me to dip into however I want. So that's how you yeah. create the balance. It's making sure the bigger goals have a price tag and you're saving towards them. Mm -hmm. And then everything else, know that you can spend how you want to spend without guilt, without shame, without resentment. Right. I love totally. that. Yeah. Me I feel too. like it's good to have a balance because the stuff that I see, like I, I'm very limited in the finance world. So the things I see like on Instagram, it's either like, this is your one life, spend it, you're young, or it's yeah. like hustle, hustle, <laughs> save everything so that you retire next year. Like it's, right. there's no middle ground it feels like mm -hmm. right yeah I so agree and I feel like that's not neither of a way to live yeah like you've got to mm -hmm. find a exactly. middle ground yeah. yeah so do you have like what would you say as far as having like an emergency fund because I feel like this is what's maybe holding mm -hmm. me back is like I've lost three jobs in my life because of layoffs COVID that kind of thing. And I feel like it's very obviously prevalent now with the COVID situation. So how much mm -hmm. of your finances should be like emergency versus like long-term goals versus like short-term mm -hmm. spending? Yeah. Great question. So for the emergency fund, I'll start there. Mm -hmm. I advocate for at least six to 12 months of your living expenses at the very least right. should be in a, in an emergency fund. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 12 would be ideal because with COVID, I mean, we're over the 12 month mark with yeah. this thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so closer to 12 would be great because we, we really don't know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. COVID really shifted things because before, you know, financial advisors would say three to six months. Right. And some people still do, but I say, no, no, no. With COVID, you've got to go six to 12. Mm -hmm. So yeah. first things first, you want to start building that up and it takes time. Like you're not going to have that tomorrow, but mm -hmm. start with a thousand dollars, throw that in there. And then every month put something towards building that fund. Mm -hmm. And that should always, always be in a separate account. Mm -hmm. You never want to have your emergency fund commingled with other savings goals. So first things first, you've got to have that. Mm -hmm. We just have to, because we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then your other savings goals, that's where it comes down almost to like a priority game. You always right. want to save for your retirement, 100%. Put something towards that. I don't even care if it's mm -hmm. like five bucks. <laughs> okay, do a little more than five. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but my point is, we sometimes focus on the short-term goals mm -hmm. and we 
definitely put the retirement goals to the back burner because we feel like, again, we have that time. Right. So mm-hmm. make sure you're putting at least something towards your retirement every month. And then the other shorter, shorter term goals, this is where it does come down to priority. So, you know, is the vacation more important than the home down payment? What is more important? And then I would say whatever money you've got left, allocate to those goals based on level of priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great, great advice. Yeah. And one other thing kind of in this topic as well. I know at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned you were living in this condo that was actually out of your budget kind of thing. So where would living expenses fit into this as well? Would there be like a certain percentage, you know, that you should be allocating towards your just living expenses? Yeah, great question. It's hard with the percentages. Like there used to be like 35% of your income should go to your living expenses, your home expenses. That is so outdated because the cost of living today yeah. <laughs> is a That's little so hard true. to yes. like meet that threshold. Right. So I never like yeah. to say a percentage, Okay. but you should know based on your salary, based mm-hmm. on your debt repayment goals, based on your savings goals, you can at least tick those off the list, right? Here's what I need to save yeah. for. Here's the debts that I need to pay down. What's left? Mm-hmm. And then out of what's left is what's what you're going to use to judge that, I'll say, home-based decision. Because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, here's what I'm paying. I mean, at that time, the condo I was living in was like, I think, 1300 a month, which is like super cheap <laughs> compared to like <laughs> nowadays, yeah. right? This was like, what, 10 yes. years ago. <laughs> so um, I knew, okay, if I got a basement apartment, it was 900 bucks a month. So I knew right off the bat, I'm saving 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew, okay, I could do so much of that money. And yeah. so it's kind of looking at it that way. Okay, once I take off my debt goals, my savings goals, based on my income, what's left? And if I do go for that high-end condo, like, does that give mm-hmm. me enough money to shop the way I want to shop? To do the yeah. Starbucks drinks the way I want to do that? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, I got to look for something that's a little less. So I still have the money for my lifestyle. Because if you don't do that, you'll get the high-end condo and your lifestyle is going to be funded by your credit card. Right. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think that's also such a good point. Like straying away from those percentages is everybody's lifestyle is so unique and it yeah. really is, you know, so different for everybody. So it's hard to just prescribe that Tegan and I, you know, we both should like have the same rent and we should both, you know, right. put the same amount yeah. in our savings so that's also a really great point just yeah, to so true. think about your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. And it's all very personal. Like, yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Wow. This has been the chat I needed. Like <laughs> so, so good. I feel like since, like you were saying, since COVID hit, I think that's what really kind of kicked me into gear was all of a sudden I was like, you never know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And I didn't take saving very seriously until all of a sudden I started seeing friends losing jobs. And I was like, oh my God, if I were to lose my job, I would have, like, I'd have to move back with my parents because I don't have that much money Mm -hmm. saved, you know? And I do live in Toronto. My rent isn't cheap. So it was very eye-opening for me. And it sometimes, I guess, sucks that it takes those sorts of things, like, to happen for some people to open their eyes, but that's how it worked for me. And as a listener, 
you know, just even listening to this episode, you're like, oh gosh, maybe I should have things a little bit more together. Like we were saying (laughs) earlier, it's never like too early to start. And especially in our twenties, now is the time to do it. So Vanessa, honestly, thank you so much for everything you shared with us, because I think you've definitely put us like on the right foot to get started. Amazing. So good. So glad. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Did you want to maybe, Vanessa, promo yourself a little bit, tell people like where they can Mm. find you on socials and the kind of services you can provide? So I can easily be found on Instagram. (laughs) That's where I hang out the most. Um, So my handle is mintworthyco. And then all the details about me, my story is all over my website, which is mitworthy.co. And in terms of how I support my clients, so I do offer one-on-one coaching, but really my baby is my group coaching program. So I'm actually in the process of building a whole new group coaching program, which I'm super excited about, which will launch in the fall. And it's literally a mix of both money and mindset. Mm -hmm. Because like what I was saying before, I truly believe that the two have to go together, they have Mm -hmm. to be married. And so all of my coaching always takes first the mindset approach to shift the relationship and the money blocks, and then teaching the practical of building that budget. Like, how do we build it? We build the budget, we build your debt repayment plan, your savings plan, because I truly believe you need a, a, a holistic financial plan that also aligns with your mindset and your goals. Amazing. Amazing. And how does a group coaching work? Like, is it just you're kind of have that community supporting you kind of thing? Or like, what does that mean? Yeah, so we have a whole, I'd say, curriculum. And (laughs) everything's on the course site. So like I create the workbooks, the video lessons, all of that. So you always get lifetime access to the program and to the course site. So everything's on the course site, but then obviously there is a community aspect. So we have a yeah. close community group where everyone is just all in with all mm-hmm. their money problems, being real about it, getting the support from me, of course. But then also we have a weekly live Q&A coaching call. Mm-hmm. So that's where we really, truly get to the meet and really create the transformation. It's on those calls where we get together work through where everyone's stuck, work through the blocks, work through creating their plans together. So that's where I jump in to really make sure everyone's moving throughout the course curriculum and getting the transformations that they desire. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for um, being on Our Golden Twenties. I I have a feeling that people will really, really like this episode and will resonate with a lot of people. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, so a huge thank you to Vanessa for joining us in today's episode. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday, but in the meantime, you can follow us on social. We are at Our Golden Twenties on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. We also put out Spotify playlists, so you can uh, find us on there. And you can also find us on Patreon and support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you.